Let's be honest. Life's hard sometimes. We get discouraged, struggle in our faith, and it's easy to feel alone. Despite how you might feel sometimes, know that God's got your back. And so do we. Vision's prayer line team are ready to pray for whatever you're going through. Text your prayer request to 0401 132 888 and we will be praying for you. Or click prayerline at vision.org.au. That's 0401 132 888 or vision.org.au. It's another way Vision is helping you look to God daily. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Welcome to On The Rock, God's unchanging word for changing times with Dr. Camille Majdali, Director of Teach All Nations Melbourne, Australia. Dr. Camille lived and studied in the Middle East, served as a principal of a leading Bible college and now travels the world teaching God's word. He has an extraordinary knowledge of the Bible and a dynamic ability to make God's truth come alive in a real, practical way. This episode of On The Rock will give you keys to survive and succeed in the days ahead by hearing and doing the words of Jesus. It is the beginning of the New Testament and it introduces to us the most wonderful person you could ever meet. His name is Jesus. In today's program, we're going to begin to learn his story as we commence the Gospel of Matthew verse by verse. Indeed, our series is entitled, The Kingly Messiah, Understanding the Gospel of Matthew, Part 1, a verse-by-verse audio commentary, part of the larger Understanding the Bible series. I really look forward to walking with you through Matthew. We learn so much, we are blessed so much, and we will grow so much as we take God's Word and put it in our hearts, because when we do, we cannot sin against God, we cannot walk in the darkness. We cannot be on sinking sand because we're on a rock. We cannot fail God when the Word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. I call this particular lesson Thankful Salutation. It's about the coming of Jesus and all that He represents. It's really the beginning of His genealogy. So perhaps let's even just call it the genealogy of Jesus. And we're beginning chapter 1. Chapter 1 is entitled Genealogy and Birth of Jesus. One thing I want to stress, as we learn about the birth and genealogy of Jesus, we need to also remember that the conception is miraculous. The birth is normal. And indeed, so is the pregnancy. As far as we can tell, it was very much a divine act, but also a normal human thing too. The pregnancy, birth are normal, the conception is supernatural. And there's reasons why God did it that way, to make Jesus the unique person that he is, yet able to identify with all of us. After all, he walked under the same sun, breathed the same air, experienced the same temptations as we all, yet he's without sin. So we have the genealogy and birth of Jesus. And this particular program, we're going to focus on the genealogy. We will deal with verses 1 to 17 here in the Gospel of Matthew. And it starts out, the book of the generation of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. In this genealogy, I don't expect you to remember or identify with all the names, but some names you will identify with. 
And I want to point out something else, very amazing, that in this genealogy, which is very Jewish, although Jewish people aren't the only ones with genealogies, is that normally you only hear of the male descendants of the particular individual. Here, you're going to also hear of a few female matriarchs that are in the genealogy of Jesus. It's rather amazing because, as it were, three of them all had perhaps unsavory backgrounds, these women, but yet they are honored in the New Testament because of their faithfulness that they not only are an ancestress of Messiah, but they're even in the genealogy of Messiah. There is four women that are there, but one of them is not mentioned by name. The other three are. We'll get to that down the track. So you'll learn about the family of Abraham. You'll learn about Judas and Tamar. That's an important story because the lineage of Messiah goes through Judah, but his lineage was held on by a very thin thread. We'll learn about David the king, and then we'll have a recitation in this genealogy of the kings of Judah as well as what happened after the exile. What is of real interest is where Matthew points out that in between Abraham to David are 14 generations. In between David to the carrying away of Babylon is 14 generations. And from the carrying away to Babylon to Christ, 14 generations. Now, the period of time between Abraham and David is a thousand years, approximately, of course, So, 14 generations over a thousand years, you can do the math. But the period from David to the Babylonian captivity was a little over 400 years. So, people are obviously living shorter lives than in the time of Abraham. And then from the period of the carrying away of Babylon till the coming of Christ is over 500 years, 550 or so. So, there's a little bit longer 14 generations. What an amazing number. But then, what an amazing Messiah. All right, it's time to read the entire section, or actually what I may do, because it's a genealogy. Let's look at it part by part. Rather than reading the whole thing, we'll do it bit by bit, since we have 17 verses here to cover. The book of the generation of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. This is the beginning of the Gospel of Matthew. It is about the book of the generation of Jesus Christ. We are about to hear his genealogy, but also we're going to hear the story of his wonderful birth. He is described as the son of David, meaning he is the Messiah the anointed one, the anointed of the anointed. As I often say, he's anointed unlike anybody else, anointed a prophet like Moses, anointed a priest like Melchizedek, anointed a king like David. Hence, he's not just another anointed, he is the ultimate anointed, son of David. And he is called the son of Abraham, which means he's the promised seed who will bring blessing to the world, as per Genesis 12 and verse 3. Then in verse 2, it says, Abraham begat Isaac, and Isaac begat Jacob, and Jacob begat Judas and 
his brethren. Judas is the same as Judah. It all begins with a man called Abram. His name of Raham means father of many nations. Av is father, Ram is many, Am are people or nation. Before, he was called Abram, A-B-R-A-M, which means exalted father, which was very painful because he wasn't an exalted father when he bore that name. He, in fact, he was childless, along with his wife, Sarah. But the Abraham came later, and of course, so did the child of promise, Isaac. And then it says that Abraham, the father of many nations, we learn that he is the father of the faithful. People of faith learn from Abraham's example. It says in Genesis 15, 6, that when God promised him innumerable descendants, even though he was still childless, it says, and Abraham believed in the Lord and was counted to him for righteousness sake. We also learn that he's called the friend of God. That's a wonderful title to have, and we can all be friends of God. We're friends of God by spending time with him. We're friends of God by doing what he says. He is the father, Abraham, that is, of Isaac, Jacob, Judah, and the other 11 tribes of Israel. So Abraham is very key in all this. His family is not chosen to play favorites. It's chosen to be a servant to the world. It's chosen to provide the lineage that Messiah, that's Jesus, would come from. So then it says in verse 3, And Judas begat Pharaoh's and Zerah of Tamar, and Pharaoh begat Ezram, and Ezram begat Aram. Okay, let me go further. I'll read verse 4. And Aram begat Aminadab, and Aminadab begat Nashon, and Nashon begat Salmon. All right, where do we go here? Judah and Tamar. Here is the first mention of a woman in the genealogy, the very Jewish genealogy of Jesus. Tamar was the daughter-in-law of Judah. She was the widow of his two childless sons, Ur and Onan. She bore Judah's child craftily, as Judah actually ended up having five children, two of them dead, and one of them was Seth, and two of them came from Tamar. She did it craftily because she feigned herself to be a harlot. She wasn't, but she feigned. He went into her. He didn't even know who he was with. It's a fascinating story, although a little bit troublesome, but she was declared more righteous than Judah because Judah was meant to give the third son to Tamar and he refused. So she took matters into her own hands. Since the leadership of Israel was to go through Judah, according to Genesis 49.10, the Messianic lineage hung by a thread and basically Tamar rescued it. And she's even exalted in the fourth chapter of the book of Ruth, that may Ruth be like Tamar. Now, that was meant to be a compliment, even if Tamar's methods were questionable. Tamar is the mother of twins, Pharaoh's and Zerah, and of the two twins of Judah, the Messianic line goes through Perez or Pharaoh's. He is the father of Hezron, Ram, Aminadab, Nachshon, and Salmon. Now, Listen to this, verse 5 of Genesis, or Matthew 1. And Salmon begat Boaz of Rahab, and Boaz begat Obed of Ruth, and Obed begat Jesse. Did you see what happened here? Very amazing. Two matriarchs. Salmon married a famous woman called Rahab, 
the harlot of Jericho. Now, she's always called a harlot, but both Testaments speak of her in positive terms. Because even though what she did as a career was bad, the fact that she exercised faith in God was good. We are justified by faith through God. We are not justified by our works. We're justified by faith. However, once we are redeemed, we are meant to bring forth good fruit that comes from good works. In fact, it tells us, Ephesians 2.10, for you are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that you should walk in them. So, Matthew 1.5, Salmon marries Rahab the harlot. They have a child called Boaz, and Boaz marries Ruth. So, you've got both Rahab and Ruth in this whole narrative. They had a son, that's Boaz and Ruth, called Obed, the father of Jesse. Amazing. Two, maybe three, if you include Tamar, foreign women are explicitly named in the genealogy of Jesus. They were not born Israelites, but they were incorporated into the chosen people because of their faithfulness as well as their righteous actions. And then we have verse 6, And Jesse begat David the king, and David the king begat Solomon of her that had been the wife of Urias. Mm-hmm. All right. Jesse is the father of King David. He is the father of Solomon and a whole other bunch of children. And he had Solomon, it says, of her that had been the wife of Urias. Of course, this is a reference to Bathsheba, but she is not explicitly named. We can speculate why the Holy Spirit inspired Matthew not to actually say her name, but she was probably a normal Israelite. And from David's time, there will be more kings. And in fact, from Abraham to David, as we've learned, there'll be 14 generations. All right, then verses 7 to 11. Let me read them and let me explain. And Solomon begat Rehoboam, and Rehoboam begat Asa, or Abiah, and Abiah begat Asa, and Asa begat Jehoshaphat, and Jehoshaphat begat Joram, and Joram begat Oseus, and Oseus begat Jotham, and Jotham begat Ahaz, and Ahaz begat Ezekias, and Ezekias begat Manasseh, and Manasseh begat Ammon, and Ammon begat Josias, and Josias begat Jeconias, and his brethren, about the time they were carried away to Babylon. Well, that's pretty much the summary of the kings of Judah from Solomon to the Babylonian captivity. We're talking about a period of a little under 400 years. It's an important period. You can read about these people in, as it were, 1 Kings and 2 Kings, 1 and 2 Chronicles as well. And a few of them are mentioned in Isaiah. So what do we learn about these? We have the kings of Judah listed, including Solomon, father of Rehoboam. He's the father of Abijah, father of Asa, Jehoshaphat, Joram, Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, Hezekiah. Let me stop there for a moment. Rehoboam is key because he's the one who succeeded Solomon. He's probably the son that's referred to in the book of Proverbs when it says, my son, forget not my law. Give me your heart. Keep my commandments. He's talking to his son. Well, Solomon is the author of most of the Proverbs, so it must be Rehoboam. Did Rehoboam learn the lessons of wisdom? I don't think so. Jehoshaphat is one of the good kings, 
but not very wise. His name means God will judge. God loved him, but he made some rather foolish alliances with the, how should we say, heathen kings of Israel. And then we have, of course, Hezekiah. He's a very famous righteous king, although he didn't always do things correctly. The Assyrian siege that engulfed him and was described three times in the Bible was spawned by his actions not to pay his tribute. He basically thought he would take matters in own hands, and his fingers got burnt. But thank God the Lord delivered him and Judah and Jerusalem from Assyrian captivity. Then you have a very wicked king, son of Hezekiah, called Manasseh, and an equally wicked king called Ammon, son of Manasseh who is the father of King Josiah, who is an amazingly wonderful king, although he starts his kingship as a child. Then he's the father of Jeconiah and his brothers around the time of the Babylonian captivity. That's another 14 generations. Let's look at the last verses here in our segment of Matthew chapter 1, verses 12 to, as it were, 17. And they that were brought to Babylon, Jeconias begat Sealtiel, these are not kings anymore. These are leaders, but not kings. Sealtiel begat Zerubbabel, and Zerubbabel begat Abiud, and Abiud begat Eliakim, and Eliakim begat Azor, and Azor begat Zadok, and Zadok begat Achim, and Achim begat Eliud, and Eliud begat Eleazar, and Eleazar begat Matan, and Matan begat Jacob, and Jacob begat Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who is called Christ. And then it says here, After Judah went to Babylon, Jeconiah was the father of Shealtiel, Zerubbabel, Abiud, Eliakim, Azor, Zadok, Achim, Eliud, father of Matthew, father of Jacob, and Jacob is the father of Joseph, who is the husband of Mary, and under him was born Jesus. The last verse for our lesson Matthew 1, 17. So all the generations from Abraham to David are 14 generations. And from David until the carrying away into Babylon are 14 generations. And from the carrying away into Babylon unto Christ are 14 generations. Why all these names? Does it matter? Yes, it matters. Every word of God is pure. These guys existed. They are historical figures. And out of them comes amazing things. Some of them, of course, notorious. Some of them are honorable. But they're all part of the picture leading to the coming of Messiah. Remember to visit us at our Facebook page, Teach All Nations Education. And thank you for liking our page. You can also go to our homepage to subscribe to the free monthly Issachar Teaching e-letter, giving you value-added communication to make you future-ready with articles from the Bible, Victorious Living, and current events in the light of God's Word. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the Gospel of Matthew and the genealogies. I pray you will help us to learn and to grow for what you're doing in the world today. Thank you for the lesson for life, that the immense detail of Jesus' genealogy is written to prove that he is the Christ. We thank you for this in his powerful name. Amen. 
Today's On The Rock was brought to you by Teach All Nations. If you would like more information about this ministry, to download podcasts, view our online store, attend special events, sign up for our teaching newsletter, make a donation to support this ministry, or to invite Dr. Camille to speak, log on to www.tan.org.au or write to us at Post Office Box 493, Mount Waverley 3149. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.